57, 386, 370, 376, 393, and 380. Upon their service received on the way in, beginning on page 3 with confession and absolution, followed the sharing of the keys of the processional day. Let us rise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us kneel and be seated in the confession of sin. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in mercy, give his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a call and ordained servant of Christ by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us rise and share the peace of the Lord with one another.
We rise from the singing of the Alleluia verse. Jesus' birth. 
heard people were waiting for him and waiting for him and waiting for him. And today, we're waiting for him and waiting for him and waiting for him, right? And today, we celebrate that he has come as our Savior, right? Where else do we see lights at Christmas? Do you see any lights around the Christmas time? Look up at the tree. Look at the tree. It has lights all over it. And out on the roads and out at people's houses, in the trees in the neighborhood. Do you see here in Jerusalem? Oh, that baby on the tree, all the lights. And what a great reminder we have with all the lights in the world that Jesus has come as our light. We heard in the gospel. Let's hear what Pastor read again. Remember the words? Remember his sermon? Last couple weeks ago, you're supposed to memorize it. Those were John's words. In the beginning. In the beginning. When, when did we hear those words too? In the beginning. Those are way back in Genesis too, right? The first book when God created the heavens and the earth. And God's word tells us that Jesus is the word and has always been and has always will be. And we have this promise that he is coming again. Isn't that special? Are you waiting for Jesus to come again? That's a, yeah? Yeah? You sure? Me too. What a special day that will be, right? The light of the world, the true light and light. Why don't we say a prayer? Oh, I brought my mirror. Why do we have the mirror? Why does the mirror remind us? What happens, what happens if Jesus' light is shining on me because God's here for everyone, right? But I don't have the mirror. What if I don't have the mirror? What if I'm like a mirror and, my, and Jesus' light is shining on me? Huh. How does that work? Can we share Jesus' light with other people? Yeah, we should be like a mirror. And reflect Jesus' light. Don't hide his light, right? We sing a song about that too. We have so many special things about lights, right? Let's say a prayer to remember all these things. Dear God, thank you for your Son, Jesus our Savior. As we celebrate today, help us remember every day. That you came for all people. And we wait for your return again. To keep you and your Holy Spirit in our hearts. Amen. I brought that favorite Christmas treat. What's your favorite Christmas treat? Animal crackers, right? Because you remember the animals on the ark, right? And the ark is baptism, baptism that saves us, right? It's all, it's all part of the story, right? Awesome! Keep your hands holding during church and have a great, blessed Christmas, okay? We continue with the sermon and now sing we now rejoice on page 10 and 11.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The darkness is scary. It's one of the most common fears among children, and probably among adults too, even if we don't want to admit it. It's scary because you can't see in the dark. The darkness hides, and so what's in the dark is unknown, and what's unknown is scary. But there's another reason why darkness is unnerving. Outer space is dark. The void between stars is dark. Darkness represents nothingness. Thinking about the vast reaches of space is fascinating, but pretty unnerving. But that sense of nothingness is the closest that we can come to thinking about how it was in the beginning. In the beginning, darkness. In the beginning, nothing. But in the beginning, God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God spoke in the beginning into the nothingness, into that primordial void, and he said, let there be light, and there was light. The world moved from unknown to know, from hidden to revealed. God had spoken light into the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. Or to translate it another way, the darkness could not comprehend it. Darkness doesn't understand the light. When you wake up in the morning and walk out into the kitchen and flip that light on, you are moving out of darkness and into light. And at least for a few moments, you do not understand the light. That's the way it is with darkness. It cannot even understand the light, so it cannot overcome it. So God used light in the beginning to defeat the darkness. And over the next six days of let there be, God created all things. He formed the world. He put birds in the air and fish in the sea. He pulled up the continents from the oceans and seeded them with plants and animals, each according to their own kind. Where once there was nothing but cold darkness, now there is color and light and life. And at the peak of his creation, God made man. He formed Adam out of the ground with his hands and breathed life into him. Adam walked in the light, seeing all that God had made, and behold, it was very good. But then tragedy struck. A fallen angel took the form of a serpent and deceived Adam and Eve, so they ate of the fruit of the tree that God told them not to. 
And now, when God was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, Adam and Eve hid from God. Now, a good hiding place is not in the light. It is in the darkness, the darkness which hides. And so all mankind has been following after Adam's example and hiding from God ever since. Mankind has fallen into darkness. Stumbling, he cannot see his own way. Just like in the beginning, there is darkness. But just like in the beginning, there is God. There is the Word. Humanity lives in a dark land, but on the horizon, light comes. The first rays of the dawn pierce through the morning mists as birds begin to sing. Plants and animals and color and life all come together in a glorious symphony because the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The very Word of God opens his mouth. The same Word that spoke, let there be in the beginning, opens his mouth and cries to his mother for milk. For the word becomes flesh. Light has come into this dark world again in a holy infant, so tender and mild. The Lord of all things snuggles with his mother. God most high becomes the infant most lowly. He's wrapped in swaddling claws and laid in a manger. Sunlight streams from the morning sky onto the infant face of God himself. Yes, the light has come. The little baby Jesus has come into the world to reveal God to a world that's forgotten him. God meets his people face to face, but not in terror, not in judgment, in the face of a little baby. Mary is the first to see the face of God. She nestles her creator in her arms. She feeds the little baby Jesus. With tender, loving care, she cleans him and changes him, does all the little mundane acts of parenthood. She cleans up God's spit-up. She wakes up at all hours of the night to feed and comfort the very Son of God, She watches his tiny little face as he finally goes to sleep. And God the Son rests peacefully in his mother's arms. Now up until now, every baby that has been born has been born into sin. Born under the law of Moses. But not this baby. This baby was born under the law but not born into sin, because sin is inherited from Adam, and Adam is not this baby's father. God is. And as that Son of God, Jesus has the birthright. He is the firstborn Son, the firstborn of all creation. He is the Son of God. But now the Son of God is also the Son of Mary. God is man. 
the Word became flesh. And He gives His birthright to you. When you are washed in that font, in baptism, you become a child of God. You share in the birthright of Jesus. As John the Apostle says, To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This second birth is not by your own blood, sweat, and tears. It's certainly not by the desires of your flesh, nor is it out of the will of your Father. It's given to you, freely by God. Here you are adopted into the eternal family by water and word. In baptism, God wraps you in a fatherly embrace. He watches over you with tender, loving care as you lie down to sleep. He cares for you. He feeds you, giving you everything that you need for this body and life. He guards and protects you from all evil. God is your Heavenly Father, and so Jesus is your elder brother. This is the eternal family of God. And like any good family, we will feast. We will feast one day in heaven, where all the saints who have gone before us, friends and family and loved ones, will be gathered around the banquet table with food and drink as far as the eye can see. It'll be like Christmas dinner, but it will never end. The sun will never set. Darkness will never come on that day. Because Jesus will be there. Jesus, who is the Word. Jesus, who is the light of the world. God and man united together in one. Yes, we will feast one day. In the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which shall have no end. But until then, we have the foretaste of the feast to come. The word of God became flesh and blood, and he gives that flesh and blood to you here on the altar in the Lord's Supper. Like baptism, the word of God unites with something physical. The bread and the wine become united with the word of God, and they become the flesh and the blood of that same word of God. Jesus gives salvation that he won for you on this altar, his very body and his blood. When you eat this Lord's Supper, Christ is within you. He nourishes you and strengthens you, certainly your body, but also your soul. For Jesus gives you himself in this foretaste of the feast to come. Just as he came once to the world as a lowly baby, he comes to you now, humble and lowly in bread and in wine. This lowly babe of Bethlehem will grow. He will grow in wisdom and in stature. He'll learn to crawl. He'll learn to walk. He'll learn to talk from his mother 
and his stepfather, Joseph. Jesus, the baby, will become Jesus, the boy. Then, all too soon, Jesus, the boy, will become Jesus, the man. He will strike out into the land, teaching and preaching, healing and forgiving people their sins. And 33 years later, that road will take him to the cross, where he will be pierced for your transgressions. He will give himself for you. He will be laid in a tomb, and three days later, he will rise. But that's a story for another time. Right now, ponder God as a baby. The Lord of all with soft little cheeks, with a joyful laugh, with his tiny little hands that don't have any scars on them yet. Mary rocks her son to sleep. The creator of all things finally drifts off. Mary lies down next to her son, exhausted, next to Jesus, the word become flesh. And with her eyes fixed on the infant face of God, Mary herself, too, drifts off to sleep, the peace of God firm within her heart. Amen. Now may that same peace of God guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, steadfast in the one true faith, until life everlasting. Amen. You rise because our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. Begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us then and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man. And was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge over the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. I believe the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. Who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Today, remember Amy Waltz, Mariah Amy's mother, battling cancer. Roxanne Thomas, facing upcoming surgery. Ruth Selmeyer, continuing rehab. Holly Hill, Amy Schwab's daughter, battling cancer.
Jill Oshwal, Heather Schwann's mother, recovered from surgery. Barb Dawson underwent treatment for lung cancer. Pat Moore is hospitalized with a severe back problem. Marsha Pelzer, Diana Pelzer's sister-in-law, recovered from surgery. Josh and Megan Pelzer awaiting the birth of their child. Carrie Keller recovered from surgery, but had also suffered from COVID. For Isaac, Beth Clemens' nephew is near the end of his life after battling an incurable disease. For Shane DeLong, Claudia Warch, Kapalski's son-in-law recovered from a blood clot. For Jacob Moore is having pancreatic tests done. For Paul Keller, Doris Kramer, and Carolyn Ott, who are um, suffering from COVID. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In thanksgiving to the eternal word, make flesh and dwelling among us full of grace and truth, that his praise would be extended into all the world, and that many with us would come to hope in his steadfast love. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who publish peace and bring good news of happiness in Christ, that they would be kept faithful to declare his reign and for all missionaries at home and abroad, that all the ends of the earth may see his salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For damaged and gathering this holy season, that they may have patience and be slow to judge and quick to forgive. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the lonely, that they may be comforted in Christ's presence, and we may extend to them the welcome of our homes and the friendship of his grace. Let us pray to the Lord. For those in poverty or want, that they may be helped, that God would increase our generosity and that we would present our bodies as living sacrifices. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our nation, that it would walk humbly before the true God. And for our soldiers who stand watch this day, that they would be kept safe and their families would be upheld while they are apart. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, sick, lonely, grieving, and poor in spirit, especially Amy, Roxanne, Ruth, Holly, Jill, Barb, Pat, Marsha, Josh and Megan, Carrie, Isaac, Shane, Jacob, Paul, Doris, and Carolyn, that they may find comfort and healing in Jesus Christ, the light no darkness can overcome. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord. For those who commune that they would receive the body and blood of Jesus worthily with faith in his bodily presence, and that they would depart having received grace upon grace from his fullness. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We thank you, Lord God, for all your people who have gone before us and now rest in your presence. Keep us faithful with them until the day when you make all things new. For you live and reign with Christ and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
is salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to the Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have given us a new revelation of your glory, that seeing you in the person of your Son, we may know and love those things which are not seen. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, and are praising you and saying,
the body and blood of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and preserve you in true faith unto life everlasting. Go in peace. Your sins are forgiven. Thank you.